0: Well, I think Washington's beating Michigan on Monday night. There's one reason in particular why I feel that way.
1: You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
0: every day. Welcome everybody to another episode of Locked On Pack Twelve. I'm your host Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights, free and Pack Two dominated and beloved. Conference of Champions, which has got one more football game left with the team, like you know, as we know it in the national championship. Like, comment, subscribe, please, and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat over 50 infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J A S E Medical.com. If we're talking about a team out of the Big Ten, well, that's not my forte, at least maybe not at at this point in time. I often am asked here on the show, Spencer, what's going to happen with Locked On Pac-12? I'm not going to tell you what's happening with the show yet. I am going to tell you there is a plan in place and it will be revealed very soon. So make sure you stay locked on with the show. I've got Craig Sheeman here of Locked On Big Ten to talk about this matchup. Craig, I'll lay it out and then I'll let you uh, respond accordingly as we are basically opposing councils for our respective teams (laughs) and conferences, though this is Michigan and Washington, a classic Big Ten matchup, as we all know. So I think that for Washington, their passing game has been dynamic, fantastic, outstanding. Their offense has been outstanding. I think their defense is a little bit better than people think. Here's why I think they win. Michigan's defense this year has been outstanding against the pass. No doubt about it. The numbers back that up. They have not faced a single offense that I think is even 70% of what Washington brings to the table throwing the football. And I think Washington, with the way they're playing, forces you to try and keep up with them. Texas was not able to stay committed to the ground game long term because they felt like they had to keep pace with Washington. The Huskies just force you into that sort of situation. I think whichever team wins the coin toss should take the ball to try to dictate tempo. But I do not trust J.J. McCarthy and the Michigan receivers to be able to keep up with Washington's passing attack. Am I just being a Pac-12 homer in the last game that the Pac-12 is going to play on the national stage as we know it for now? As
1: a Michigan fan, that's my biggest concern because I uh, just look at the last game that Michigan played against Alabama. Um, you know, Alabama took him to the limit, took him to overtime. And Jalen Milroe, he's still figuring out how to play quarterback. He is not one fourth of the quarterback that Michael Penix is. And, uh, and the receivers, forget it, they're not even comparable and they go to overtime. Uh, I'm looking around the Big Ten and some matchups. The best receiving core maybe they had to face would be Ohio State with Marvin Harrison, Jr., but that's just one guy. Emeka uh, Egbuka is a nice piece as well, but Washington has three guys. So uh, Jesse Minter, the uh, defensive coordinator for Michigan, has really got his work cut out for him because, I mean, you can't double anybody. And on top of that, Michael Panix, Jr., I've argued all season long, I think people are starting to come around my way of thinking, I think he's the most accurate pinpoint passer in all of college football. I know I got, you know, Bo Nix or people like that. I mean, have, you know, they all have great completion percentage. I'm not talking about completion percentage. I'm talking about downfield, 30 or more yards, putting the ball on the spot or throwing outside the numbers. I don't think there's anybody better than Michael Penix Jr. And when you add the talent of the receivers that are catching the ball, I think it's a big load for Jesse Minner to try and shut
0: down all three of those receivers in this game. Yeah, it's the biggest challenge when facing this Washington offense. I think the impact of having all three guys available was really illustrated when Jalen McMillan was out for a couple of games. Washington didn't look like the same team. I think it's what led to them being such a big underdog against Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. And then you put all three receivers there and Michael Penix had recovered from whatever he was pretty obviously dealing with injury health. Like we don't really know, but. He's back to full strength, and I love the way you phrase it, pinpoint accuracy. I can't remember, since Joe Burrow is probably the last guy, C.J. Stroud was close, a guy who puts the ball on his receiver's hands so softly and so perfectly and so consistently. And when you have three NFL receivers, that means that a safety or a linebacker is going to have to try and cover, or you put an extra DB on the field. Even if you do that, that number three corner is rarely going to be as good as as your top two guys. He's a number three guy for a reason, but also Ryan Grubb, the offensive coordinator for Washington, I think has schemed just a brilliant passing attack that plays to the strengths of his players over and over again. The way he uses motion, the way he splits guys out, the way he creates matchups that are favorable for the offense I, I just don't. I don't think the Michigan secondary has seen anything like it because I don't know that there's another team like it in college football this year. Ohio State would be the closest, but Michael Penix and Kyle McCord—boy, that's a that's a Grand canyon size gap.
1: It is, and it also brings up a sore spot for me because you may not know this about me. I'm an actual Indiana uh, graduate, and we used to have mm. Michael Penix, and we let him get away. And, and now he wasn't that accurate when he was with us. So I'm kind of curious as to what happened over the past couple of years, but um, he has certainly developed and taken his game to the next level. He is fun to watch. Now, Michigan has a couple of guys in the secondary, like uh, the guy to watch, he will be number zero on the TV. When you watch Mike St. he's a guy, he's a nickel guy. He's kind of everywhere. Good nose for the ball, but again, good nose for the ball. If you're kind of focused on one guy, maybe two guys, but three guys, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, Maybe Rod Moore, who got the key interception against Kamal Court in the Ohio State game. But, uh, you know, I'm counting the bodies that are uh, running nine routes for for Washington. I'm counting the other side, how many guys they got to cover him. I think it's going to be pretty, pretty interesting for sure. So I guess the next thing you start looking at is can Michigan's formidable defensive line get in there and disrupt Penix at all? Obviously, Washington was voted the best offensive line in the country this year. And that was a award that Michigan had won the previous two years. And a lot of those guys are still playing. so um that's going to be interesting to see how well Washington, and I'll ask you, I don't know if I don't know if Washington and their offensive line have had to go against a defensive line like Michigan this year. There are certainly some in the, in the PAC 12, but uh I think that's going to be the key right there. Is Penix going to have three seconds to throw or is he going to have one second to throw? And that's, that's what we'll be looking at in the game. Yeah,
0: I, I think that's a major key because these downfield shots, they take time to develop and they take an extra beat too because a lot of times what Washington <laughs> offensive coordinator Ryan Grubb does is he dials up double moves. He loves a good double move. And these receivers are such fluid route runners who can run the entire tree. I mean, they can do anything from – a tunnel screen to being flared out of the backfield like Jalen McMillan was once or twice against Texas to just running all the way down the field, deep post, contested catches, sideline. like They use the entire field and they are very, very smart with with how they employ certain route concepts tactically. I think that for, for the Huskies and the way that they've protected Pennix this year, it's been impressive time and time again. Oregon has a very good defensive front. Go look at their sack numbers this year. They've got a guy in Brandon Dorlis who's going to go and be drafted in the NFL this season. Jordan Birch came over from the SEC, led the Pac-12, I think, with uh, among defensive linemen, or was one of the leaders, with seven and a half tackles for loss, generated quarterback pressures. They had some great true freshmen. Like That was a great defensive line, and they couldn't touch Penix in, in Las Vegas. They could not do it. Texas had a great defensive line, could not touch him, could not stop him. So that's why I I understand that Michigan's defensive line has been very good this year. I think that Huskies O-line, you've got two NFL tackles. You've got an interior that had some questions this year, but has stepped up in a big way. And they they earned that Joe Moore Award uh, because they're just a fantastic offensive line. And I think that is uh, advantage Washington right there. Before we get to the different styles of these teams, because that is one of the most intriguing elements of the game. We're getting to FanDuel, of course, because the NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. If you like Washington or if you like Michigan Michigan in this game, Wolverine's about a four-point favorite. You place a $5 bet, and whether you win or lose, you get $150 bucks in bonus bets. It really is that simple. The app is super easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live save game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab, and you you can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub and so much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash On. Make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, so Craig, did you want to jump in on that offensive line discussion? Because I think that that's – I'm totally with you. That's what it comes down to. If you pressure Michael Penix, you can disrupt what they want to do. You can disrupt his rhythm. He can make plays outside the pocket. He can be mobile. It's not what he does best. So if you tell me right now, Penix is pressured five times and sacked once, Washington scoring 35 points or more.
1: Yeah, let's touch on two things right there, uh, and then let's for, let's talk about the the supplemental piece here of whether Dylan Johnson is Dylan Johnson in this game. Of course, the, the the great running back who has been playing hurt at the end of the season, reaggravated the injury. He can block too. He's a, he's a good uh, pass blocker. Great
0: pass blocker.
1: But if he is not effective, and you know he was only averaging two yards of carry against Texas, but if he's not effective. And that allows Michigan to really concentrate on having their nickel package out there and defending that, that will help Michigan. There's no question. So that's going to be the first thing I'm going to be looking at. I I admire the kid. I, man, I, we all saw him leave the field in a lot of pain on the cart. I'm like, there's no way if he just had like uh, three or four weeks to heal that and it got injured that quickly, re-injured that quickly, you know, how effective is he going to be six or seven days later after re-aggravating? So uh, look, the kid's obviously tough. It's a national championship. He wants to get out there and go. We'll see how effective he is. We'll see if he you know, re-injures it, uh, as a matter of fact. Um, the other thing you alluded to, if Washington puts up points, let's talk about that because they do have two very different styles of putting up points. Michigan can score in the 30s, but they'll do it on 10-play drives, 75 yards, they'll chew up six minutes. Washington can do it in a heartbeat. But look at the line for Vega and FanDuel, as a matter of fact, you just mentioned. I think the the line is 55 points. That tells you that Vegas thinks that Washington is going to score points on Michigan. Michigan has given up 24 points twice this year. That's the most. They gave up 20 to Alabama in an overtime game. That's it. Nobody cracks the teens. It gets into the 20s. Uh, and, and I think... Uh, If Washington does, if they get this thing in the 30s, that's an advantage for Washington because that means they're flinging the ball around. Uh, Also, Michigan has never been behind except in the second half against Alabama. And they're lucky they didn't fall too far behind because I, well, we haven't seen them do it all year, but I, I suspect having watched every one of their games that they would have trouble if they fall down by two scores or three scores if it's a 17 point game or something happens where Penix is on fire. I don't know how well they can come back. Conversely, I think if Michigan has a lead throughout this game, I think Washington's always in striking distance, no matter what. They won't be able to shake them until the end, if at all. So um, yeah, Michigan should not fall behind in this football game if they want to win it. But we really don't see them fall behind, so I really don't have a lot of film to go on to see what they would do. But they love the slow, steady, pound it, pound it, pound it, as where Washington can just fling it wherever they want.
0: Yeah, they can. And, you know, Washington's got the quarterback advantage in this game. I don't think anyone who's serious is going to argue that J.J. McCarthy is capable, competent, can make some plays, but he is not Michael Penix. And I I, I talked about this earlier and I want to expand on it. Whoever wins the toss, I think, is taking the football because the the, the styles that you were just talking about are so fundamental to how these teams want to play. Washington wants to go out, score a bunch of points. I thought they'd beat Texas with both teams scoring in the 30s. They did. If you can't get to 30 points against Washington, you better control the clock. You better be able to go on those long drives. And that's what makes it so fascinating. And why I think you take the ball first, because you want to be able to dictate the tempo in this game more than You do in any game, which is always something that coaches will tell you. Yeah, it's important. We want to control the game and the feel and everything like that. But I think these teams play at such a high level with their contrasting styles in what is, again, a classic and historic Big Ten matchup, as we all know. I think that Washington wants to get out and go play fast. Michigan wants to grind things out. And if you're Michigan, the defense has been very good. But as I said earlier, they have not faced a passing offense anywhere close i'm sorry but iowa is not exactly washington these are different things neither is neither is ohio state even certainly neither is penn state they haven't faced anyone like washington and sometimes the best thing you can do is run the football and go on these long forget six minute take up have an eight minute drive that yeah. results in a field goal. That's a win for Michigan because Penix is just sitting on the sideline watching. I think that can be their best defense.
1: I, I do too. And, you know, the thing about Michigan is they're so deep. They're so experienced. Um, they've done everything. They've seen everything. Uh, you can say that they can do everything. They can beat you different ways, whether it be just ground and pound or maybe they need a defense to step up. They've done all that. One thing they haven't done, and maybe because they haven't had to, They haven't had to get in a shootout with anybody, and the most shootout-like offense they've had was in the fourth quarter when they were down and needed to tie the game against Alabama. That's kind of the most rapid-fire downfield offense I've ever seen, but that was one drive out of the entire season. They've got Roman Wilson. He's their main receiver, but he's not taking the top off of anybody's defense. He's real good. He may even probably score a touchdown. He got like 10 touchdowns this year but then um, they'll throw to them when they get inside the red zone. But they don't they don't have those game breakers where they can just chuck it down all over the field. They want to beat you six yards at a time with Blake Corm just running it up the gut, maybe once in a while, sprinting outside. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to say Michigan can beat you any way possible. But, again, I go back to what I said earlier. If it's a shootout, I don't know because I haven't seen it this year. They haven't had to. And I'll go back to your point about J.J. McCarthy. Uh, you know, and, and he got a lot of attention with Jim Harbaugh, who obviously used to play quarterback and his coached quarterbacks like Andrew Luck and whatnot. Called him a generational quarterback, said he's the best quarterback that's ever played for Michigan, Tom Brady included, uh, Jim Harbaugh included. A good game for JJ. You'll watch JJ McCarthy and you'll go, like, this dude doesn't have any yards throw. We'll be like midway through the second quarter. He'll have 60 yards passing. You're going, What, what is going on here? And at the end of the day, Uh, A good game for him is 225 yards passing, three touchdowns and no interception. It'll be a clean sheet, but it won't blow you away. Like Pennix could throw for 500 yards and I wouldn't bat an eye, but that's not McCarthy. He won't do that. He won't beat you that way.
0: Yeah. And one thing I thought about when you mentioned the, the kind of slugfest style that I think favors Michigan is Washington has been in those games as well. They, they had a game back in November in which they went on the road to Corvallis, played a really good Oregon State team in a place where the Beavs going into that game had lost just once in, in the previous two seasons. They've been a really tough team at home. It was a pour down It was a classic. I'm from Oregon originally, so I watched on TV. I was like, oh, I know what that looks like. I know what that <laughs> rain feels like right there. It was an absolute pour down. Washington won the game 22 to 20 everything on paper said that that game should have gone the way to oregon state i thought oregon state would win the game i wasn't alone josh pate picked them to win the game i I think there were a lot of people thought oregon state would win the bees were favored by two and a half points but washington went in and they found a way to win the game And i think there are two things that everyone who hasn't watched a lot of washington this year until the texas game should be aware of number one the defense is not great against the run, but they are still a better overall unit than you think, and they've got high-level players at key positions. Etiwan Olofosio is a really good linebacker who can cover, defend the run, do everything. Braylon Trice and Zion Tupou are, are or ZTF as they call him, are as quality of an edge-rushing duo as you're going to find in college football, and Jabbar Muhammad is a lockdown corner. And those guys playing well against Oregon State is part of the reason they won that game. And even though they only scored 22 points and were helped by a safety from Oregon State, the reason they were able to win is because their execution down the stretch in key moments has been unparalleled all season long. And it's Penix to a Dunze, whether that's against Oregon, against Oregon State, the end around on fourth and one against Washington State at home in the Apple Cup, they can win that sort of game. I don't think Michigan can win a high-scoring shootout, but I think Washington can win a low-scoring slugfest, even though I would lean towards Michigan in that sort of game. That's where I come down and why I feel better about Washington's chances than Michigan's.
1: That's a good point on all fronts. And I was just sitting here thinking about when you talked about how well Washington executes, it, it kind of rang something in my head about something else about Michigan that uh, – would help Michigan, but you know the, the flow of the game, it's always trite. It's always worn out. Hey, whoever wins a turnover battle. You know, One thing I'll say about watching Michigan all season long is I've never seen a team not beat themselves as much as Michigan has. Um, they average about two penalties a game. They had a game this year that we had zero penalties, zero. And they followed it up the week after that. I think it was at Nebraska with one. So they went two weeks with one penalty. They will not beat themselves. Um, and they don't turn the ball over. Now, they were pretty sloppy in that Alabama Rose Bowl game. Most of that was special teams related. They missed an extra point, bad snap. They missed a field goal. They muffed two punts. That one at the end of the game could have could have lost it for them on a safety. I think the most valuable play of that game was that kid getting the ball back out to the half yard line. Hopefully, they clean that up. Uh, maybe that was sloppiness from not having played in a month. I don't know. Both teams have gone a month without playing uh, before the college football playoff series starts. So um, if they don't make mistakes like that, they will not be themselves. It will not give the opponent any extra possessions uh, in in which possessions may come down to a premium. If Michigan is able to grind out and burn up some clock, but that was just the thought I just had while you were talking about executing.
0: Yeah. And oftentimes in these games, They're evenly matched teams, and it it does just come down to execution: making a field goal, hitting a pass, catching a ball. Like it can it can come down uh, to a razor thin margin sometimes. That's the way that football works. That's the way, or that's the reason uh, that we love it so much, and why it's so exciting to watch. We're going to get to our key matchups and our predictions for the game after we get to Jace Mankelow. Of course, I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we talk for a minute about preparing? for real life, like these teams are preparing for the national championship game. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade, which is not exactly what you would call ideal. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than needing a particular medication, not being able to get it. But thankfully, you can be taken care of with Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us, so you got to go get your Jace case at jacemedical.com. Complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today, Go to jacemedical.com, use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. All right, let's talk individual matchups before we get to our, our game predictions here. When you talk about Washington, the two things we've mentioned on this show, pressure on Penix, trying to cover the receivers. You, you mentioned the, the safety, Mikey San, Sanger still, am I pronouncing that right? Essentially. Yep. Yeah. So you mentioned him earlier, but the corners for Michigan, how do you think they can hold up and the pass rush, they're going to be going up against two elite tackles in Roger Rosengarten and Troy Foutonu, the latter of whom is projected as a first round pick. The former is probably a second or, or, or third round pick in there depending on where teams feel uh, their need is at that position, but both are NFL guys. Where do you see Michigan matching up or how do you see Michigan matching up against those positions?
1: It's all going to come down to the pass rush because, as I told you earlier, I, I don't see enough bodies on in the secondary to keep up with all the bodies coming at him with the wide receivers. So um, the, the pass rush absolutely has to be there. And, again, without Dylan Johnson picking up an extra blitz or anything, if he's ineffective, uh, I think that's going to be the key. And I, I think we can literally sit here with a stopwatch. If Penix has three seconds to throw, he's going to have a field day. If he doesn't, because Michigan's in his face, making him uncomfortable, whatever the case may be with the with the line up front, that's where the key is. The pass rush is the key. It always sounds trite and worn out. Hey, pass rush up the middle. Can the quarterback – look, that's going to be the case today. Now, I know Penix is also mobile. He can move around in the pocket or extend a play. That's going to be another thing. Um, that Michigan's going to have to contend with, but um, that's where it comes down to. So if, if you're going to ask me, do I think Michigan has the ability to cover all three wide receivers all day? I will say no, but if the pass rush makes it difficult for Pennants to get them to ball, that could be the
0: difference of the ball game. Which individuals do you think are the most important for Michigan to get that sort of pressure? And if they can't get pressure with four, who might need to step up in, in a blitz package for the Wolverines defense? Well, they
1: like to uh they, they blitz everybody. They um they don't do it a ton. They caused um what they what they really do, to be honest, is they sit and this is what they did with Jalen Milrow in the probe in the uh in the Rose Bowl. They'll sit back in their uh, secondary and zone coverage and confuse the heck out of uh, of, of Jalen Milrow. Now he's younger. Michael Penix has seen everything in the book. And so and they'll probably have to go to some sort of zone coverage as well. Cause again, man to man, they don't have enough people. So um that, that's where I think the key will be is is that zone defense. As far as up front for Michigan and their and their defensive front, um, you know, usually we like to talk about the edge the edge guys, but the, the interior with Chris Jenkins and Mason Graham they're so disruptive up the middle that uh, may, in fact, those were the guys that were right up the middle with Jalen Milrow tried to run up the middle with the game on the line at Alabama. And that went nowhere. Part of it was a bad snap that, uh, by the way, that center has just announced he's going to Ohio state. So we'll, we'll see
0: more of him. Great last name, that center, by the way, <laughs> great <true>. last name.
1: <laughs> I hope you can snap the ball. I hope he snaps the ball better <laughs> than you. I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, if those, those guys, Chris Jenkins and Mason Graham, they're the heart and soul of the middle and the front of that defense. And if they can get in and just, just disrupt the middle and uh, disrupt that pocket a little bit, I think those would be the guys to watch.
0: Yeah, and if you don't get pressure on Penix, I got news for you. That's, that's game over. We've said it a few times on the show because it, it's maybe the most singularly important thing with playing Washington because you can have the perfect defensive coverage called against this Washington passing attack. But if Penix has time to throw and can give a 50-50 chance, that's actually more like an 80-20 chance to his receivers down the field, whether that's a deep post, down the sideline, back shoulder, over the shoulder. It doesn't matter. Like You you can be all in a guy's grill, and Roma Dunze will make the catch anyway. He's got what I think are the best hands in college football. Penix throws the ball with just ridiculous precision. I I think that's just a really, really tough offense to stop because – I've compared it before to Dirk Nowitzki's shot off one foot or the sky hook or, you know, individual plays like that. You you can do everything you want. You can put a hand right here on Dirk Nowitzki when he's fading away from 20 feet. You can be almost fouling him. You're so close to him. It didn't matter. He's going to hit the shot that's what Washington's 50 50 balls are yeah. you can be in the best position you want but if Penix puts it in the right spot which he almost always does and the receiver makes a play there's no coverage in the world that you can really have because their timing is just so so good that's why I think the the pressure is really important for Michigan yeah
1: it's 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 the lifeline it's the whole game and then if I may and I'll, I'll conversely I'll flip the script a little bit on the other side of the ball, if if we're going to talk about an advantage, you know, I mentioned earlier, you know, they don't have anybody. Michigan's offense doesn't have anybody take the top off of the Washington defense, and they always grind you at six yards at a time. I really do think that Michigan will try and focus on the one perceived weakness of Washington, and that's covering the run uh, defensively. And it'll be a lot of Blake Corum all day long, or Donovan Edwards to mix it up. He's the change of pace back out there. And if uh, if if he can gash for six or seven or eight yards of play, then then I I flip the advantage back to Michigan on that. So um, those are the two keys we're talking about. Washington, they gonna have time to throw if they do. Good for them. If they don't, it could be interesting. And Michigan, Michigan's not going to sit here and sling the ball and and fling it downfield um, with J.J. McCarthy. They're going to try and run. There's no doubt about it. The, their two running backs will combine for 30 carries on, on in this game. And if quorum can get six, seven, eight yards, a carry and have short second downs, then I would give the advantage to Michigan.
0: All right, Craig, let's make our predictions here. The, uh, the infamous part of every show, such as this one in which people will keep receipts and such, and come back in the comment section, or at least half of them will. The other half of course will disappear into oblivion, but like uh, we we can ignore those people and whatnot, but I'll start, I do think Washington's going to win the football game because their offensive line is, I think, somehow underrated when these teams get talked about, and they are so good, it fuels everything Washington does offensively, and like I talked about with their deep ball, it's just, it can't be stopped if Penix has got time to throw. I think Washington wins, I'll go Huskies, 35, Wolverines, 27, and Washington will carry that national championship banner into the Big Ten, next year is is Tony Petiti just smiling looking at this game I mean he's just got to be going look what I pulled off
1: well it's the first time he smiled in a while because he was on the job 90 days when he had everybody demanding (laughs) that Jim Harbaugh be suspended it was a rough start um I'm gonna flip the score what did you say you said uh, 35 27 to 27 35
0: 27
1: I think I'm gonna flip it I, I think Michigan will have some success running the ball on uh, on washington but I, I do think washington scores more points than any like i told you nobody's ever scored more than 24 on michigan i i think they will cross that threshold and this game will be a thrill down to the stretch so, all right i'll go on the record i'll take michigan to win by a score you've got washington winning by a score we'll see what happens. And you're right. This is, this will live on forever and the people in the comments will kill us or whatever, but that's okay. It's part of the deal.
0: (laughs) That is indeed part of the deal. Craig, great to have had you on the show. He's at Craig ESPN on X formerly known as Twitter host of locked on big 10. Thanks so much for the time. You betcha. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. Enjoy the game. I'll see you afterwards with a reaction show. And until then, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.